Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery. I'm here, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. And I have a really fun friend here with me today. I've got Joe Grifford, who I have known for a little over a year and a half now. We met completely by accident through networking, but we have become great friends. And when we were talking, I realized I had to have him on the show because there are some of you who today's episode is going to possibly be a life changer for you. So let me tell you a little bit about Joe. Joe has been in the financial advice business since 1991. He started with Merrill Lynch in Midtown Manhattan and has been a certified financial planner since 2008. He moved to Houston in February of 2020, and he established actually a brand new branch for his financial planning company, Bridgewater Asset Management. He assists people, a wide variety of clients with their financial planning, insurance, and investment needs. But his passion, and this is why I'm having him on the show today, is because he serves families impacted by dementia and the professional's who support them. So if you're someone who has a family member who is living with dementia right now, this is going to be an episode you do not want to miss. Keep listening because Joe has a great story behind this. So Joe, welcome to the show. Wow, Jenny, you really raised the bar on me there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're you're worth knowing for people. And I think... You know I'm a you know I'm a podcast virgin, right? So this is this is my first appearance on a podcast. So nice taking yeah. your virginity. That's all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, just keep in mind, keep in mind, Joe. The safe word for today for this episode is meatloaf. Meatloaf. Okay. Because I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. There you go. I'm gonna. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh. <laughs> Right. So if I ask a question that you're like, nope, can't answer that, all you have to do is say meatloaf and we'll edit it out. I'm right. right. I, I, you know, we don't have our video on for this, but I'm, if we did, you'd see I'm writing it on a post it note right <laughs> in front of me, just in case I just need Just in it. case. Right. Absolutely. And you know what's going to happen is by, 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 say, next Monday or Tuesday, I'm going to find a post it note on my desk that says meatloaf on it. And I'm going to like, laugh really hard or I'm going to wonder what the <laughs> heck I was supposed to do with meatloaf. Meatloaf, right. Exactly. And what's going to be really fun is if you write above it, write BDSM, and then your wife walks by and goes, BDSM meatloaf, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to think about that part. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, so Joe, you and I met because I actually did a training for the BNI chapter that you uh, used to be a member of when you were up in St. Louis. Yes. And we ended up having a one-to-one. Yes. That was my first uh, Zoom call, Jenny. Oh, gosh, I take your virginity in so many ways, Joe. Oh, you know what? 
<laughs> first Zoom call, first podcast interview. No. I love introducing people to new things. I know. So we had our our, our Zoom one to one, and it was really funny because in the last few minutes, you shared something with me that ended up cementing our friendship and and really turning this into a business partnership, sort of, yes. and a friendship. That's sort of very much. Yeah, very much. So let's tell the story that started this whole ball rolling down the mountain and, and now it's this huge giant friendship and 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 business ball. Well you and I were were talking about the typical kind of things you talk about when you're having a get to know you one to one, right? And mm-hmm. I remember you asked me what my ideal client was. And I said that for many, many years, I've focused on the IRA rollover market because when somebody leaves a job and leaves a 401k balance behind, they have some important decisions to make as far as whether they're going to to leave it where it is or move it to their new company or you know, take it out and put it in their bank account, which is usually not a great option because it causes taxes, right? Right. Uh, I think those were all the choices. And and um, I had said that's something I really like working with because for a lot of people, that's a really important decision with a lot of money. Yeah. And um, then I had told you that I, I had this other situation in my life with my mom and she has dementia, and I have been helping my dad through the process over, by then, probably a couple years. Mm-hmm. And I just, I felt a calling to try to use my experience to try to help other people. Because anybody who has gone through it or is in the middle of going through it, it's it's a, it's a very difficult disease. And that's not to belittle people that are dealing with any other chronic issue, right? It's just that it's really, it's hard. It's hard on the family in, in, you know, in many ways, the dementia patient, once they reach a certain point, they're, they're kind of the lucky ones of the family because they're the only ones that really just don't know they're demented. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, everybody else around them, is in in the midst of going through what I really describe as as the long goodbye. It's like an extended mourning process as this person. Well, here's here's how a friend of mine who um, went through the journey a year or two ahead of me described it, and it turned out to be incredibly, incredibly accurate and poignant. Is he said that person you love is slowly drifting away and becoming less present, even though they're still physically around. And then every now and then out of a complete surprise, they'll come and visit you for a little bit. You'll see some glimpse of that old person and then they go away again. Yeah. And that turned out to be a, it's a, it's a pretty accurate description of what it feels like as, as the caregiver or the close family member. So anyway, so I, I made that comment to you, like I'd really, feel like I'd like to, to, to help people with this. And you said, Oh gosh, you know, you need to do this coaching thing that I've been going through. I'll go through it with you. I'll help you figure out how to do that. And I said, well, I don't know, maybe tell me a little bit about it. And then (laughs) you told me a little bit about it. And then we kind of 
parted ways. And then you followed up with me and I said, well, I'm still not sure. Tell me a little bit about it. Tell me a little more. And um, you did. And I kept resisting and the date for the first three day program got closer and closer. And um, you were very persistent. <laughs> in a nice way. <laughs> in a nice way. In a wonderfully kind way. You, I don't mean to imply anything negative by saying you were persistent. Right. But then you just really hit me between the eyes because you, you said a statement of which was accurate to me. You said, and if I misquote you, feel free to correct me, but you basically said, Joe, every time we talk about this, I can tell you have a real heart for it. You have a real passion for it. And so the question is, do you want to try this thing that I'm telling you will help you? Or do you want me to, you know, like check back with you in a year and see if you're still trying to figure out how to do this new program? Right. Right. And I thought about it for a minute and I'm like, oh man, Jenny's right. Yeah, you can you can bang your head against the wall for the next six to twelve months trying to figure it out all by yourself, or we can we can bang it out in three days. That's right, and and that was when I realized, like, and like some of our other other friends, I am reluctant to make commitments unless I feel like I can really pour pour myself into it, and and I think that's part of why I was a little hesitant, you know, yeah. but. Yeah, it was a, it was a great three days, and what we've done it together, virtually and in person. What four or five more times we've done the program. Yeah, and every time we go through it, I get a better a better vision of of how I want to present myself and how I want to craft this part of my business. So it's been good. Yeah, uh, been good. and so that's how we met, right? Right, and you know for for anybody who's listening and if you've been a part of a networking group you know financial planners are everywhere and they are just trying to seek anybody and everybody who's willing to spend time with them to talk investments and retirement and all that fun stuff what i rarely rarely see in the world is and this is true not just of financial planning but you know in many many businesses is somebody who has a passion for a particular niche or niche. I don't care how you say it. It doesn't matter. Same thing, right? Right. (laughs) But being able to say, you know what, if you're someone who's dealing with a family member who's living with dementia, Mm -hmm. this is someone you need to know, right? right? So anybody who's listening right now, you know, the listener's probably like, what does this have to do with direct sales? Well, it may not have anything to do with you right now, if you're not someone who's got a family member or a close friend who is starting to go through dementia. Now, my my personal experience is I've got a family member who lives long distance, but who also happens to be my godfather who is going through dementia. And, and at this point, if I were to go visit him, I don't know that he would know who I am. The long distance part is is tough. It know? really is. It and really is. It, 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 that's another, you know, the, the there's a decent possibility that he might not know who you are. Or, you know, in the case of my mom, she she doesn't know my name, but she knows I'm somebody that loves her and that she loves. Go so ahead. it's in, it's interesting. I mean, dementia is a <laughs> it's 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 strange how certain things stick with the dementia patient 
and certain other things don't. Did, did I ever tell you the story about my mom and the birds? Uh, maybe. It feels vaguely familiar, but tell it here. Why not? So I was there visiting her one day, and they have a, a dementia care unit's usually locked, right? Mm-hmm. And that's for the good of the patients because one of the, or the residents, because one of the characteristics of dementia is that you tend to wander sometimes, and that can right. be bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so mom's facility is really awesome because it's got a separate courtyard that you can get to without leaving the dementia care unit. And mom and I were sitting out there after dinner one night and we had just gotten off a FaceTime call with my sister who does live out of town and she deals with the whole, you know, kind of guilt struggle of, of wanting to help, but being out of town. Right. And during that phone call, she recognized my sister and my nieces, but didn't know them, my nieces' names. And she also referred to me as this guy. This guy takes really good care of me. I love him, which that was sweet. Aww. But, but then, so we get done with the phone call, right? And there are these birds sitting on a power line out, out just outside of the fence. And I go, she, well, mom said something about the birds. She's like, look at all those birds. And I said, Hey mom, how many birds are there? And she literally goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. And she, and I counted them. I checked and and she had it right. Wow. I mean, it's, it's a funny, funny thing. And, and funny, speaking of funny for, for any of you who are, are, you know, embarking on this journey, one of the things I will, will say is that uh, anytime you can in, invoke your sense of humor, it's a really helpful thing when it comes to dementia because it just helps you keep stuff in perspective, you know? Yeah. And, and the thing about it is dementia patients lose their, their various aspects of their reasoning, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't lose their emotions at all. Right. In fact, I feel they probably get a little amplified. It feels like because it's, Uh it's all they have access to at some point. Right. Well, the, the analogy that some people I've talked to use is it's like when your parents become more like your kids again, right? Because, because they do, they lose all of the, they, they, they have less of the logical constraints on those emotions. Right. Yeah. And and the other aspect of that is which is why it's important as a as a a close relative or a caregiver is it's really important to try to take care of yourself and have yourself in a good mindset when you go see them when you go visit with them because just like their emotions are still there their ability to sense your emotions are still there. Right? Yeah. I remember I, 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 you know, I, I don't get to go visit mom right now because thanks COVID, you know, right. everything's kind of restricted, but you know, I used to visit mom when I lived in St. Louis three to five times a week or more, depending on how soon it was after she, she went into her facility and my sister, I have to give her credit. She, she taught me to do this uh, because she used to work in healthcare with uh, a, a frequently elderly patients. And I would always like pause for a minute before I walked into the facility and just kind of take a couple of deep breaths and check myself emotionally and try to 
make sure I was as calm as I could and projected some feelings of happiness and, and happy to see her because it made all the difference in the world in, in how the visits would go. Oh yeah. That it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, of course that's, that's the, 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 the challenge. And I didn't even really, so I wasn't even the frontline caregiver. My dad was right. I was mm-hmm. just providing support to dad. And one of the things that I would do is I just learned as much as I could about strategies and ways to deal with things. And, and well, you know me, Jenny, that's also how I deal with anything that's stressing me out. I try to learn about it, try to get the facts. Right. right? But one of the things that, that um, I, I really had to keep emphasizing to dad is I'm like, dad, I know you want to do everything you can for mom. And I know her needs are growing, but you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. As well. And <laughs> so dad is old school, right? Mm-hmm. And uh one of his one of his favorite sayings is I don't want to be a bother. Yeah. Which is you know kind of of that generation anyway, right? Yep. And and I remember one day when we were talking about this whole self-care thing and and I I I I sort of lost my temper but I feel like it was like I constructively lost my temper because I finally <laughs> I was like, I was like, dad, you keep saying you don't want to be a bother. And if you end up flat on your back in the hospital, because you've exhausted yourself. And now I've got to juggle you in the hospital and mom, that will be a pain in the ass. (laughs) (laughs) Truth. So it's like, if you don't want to be a bother, dad, you've got to use some of your respite time to go to the gym or have a cup of coffee with your friend or whatever. So it's just super, super important to make sure you do that. The, the challenge of caring for a loved one with dementia is that as their mental state deteriorates, and I, I know probably there are doctors listening to this, they're probably cringing because I don't have the right, right terminology, but as their faculties deteriorate, right? Right their response to what's going on in the world changes and their the way you have to deal with them kind of changes. You have to figure out a new strategy, right? Yep. Mom eats broccoli now. Never used to do so before, hated huh? Broccoli. Hated it. Hated it. But she still remembers that she hates cauliflower. We can't <laughs> get her <to> cauliflower. <laughs> okay. And, and, and the funny thing is, here we are laughing about it, right? Yeah. Because I can laugh about it. I, I've had to learn to laugh about it because the Joe of two or three years ago, who was just, just figuring out where to go and what is dementia, I would be in mourning about things like that that happened. I'd be upset, right? Because it's, it, 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 it makes it all real. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So it is kind of funny how you learn to cope and you learn to deal with it. And yeah, dad and I would have like a, you know, a chuckle like, Hey, mom's eating broccoli, you know, but, but yeah, it, it, it is weird how she, she literally, we tried cauliflower more than once and just still no, no, (laughs) no. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, you know, it's, it's interesting to, to know because part of, 
being the person who who still remembers all of this is you are also you know running a business being a spouse being a parent and the dutiful child at the same time while also still maintaining friendships and referral partnerships and all the different hats that we that we as as human beings wear right yes. so in in doing this what would you say are probably maybe the the top 3 either resources or like really helpful things that that you've come across either intentionally or accidentally to help you deal with this multitude of hats and especially with the the family member with dementia well i tell you one of the one of the biggest things for me was that um i i was working out with a trainer at the time and and i i never like i kept that time sacred right yeah. Um, and that was super important to me because the, the, it was, it was time for myself and it helped me stay not just physically fit, but mentally fit. And, you know, I know we were just talking about that a few minutes ago, but whatever you do to take care of yourself, which hopefully includes a, a maybe an, an exercise program, you need to make sure you keep doing that. You mm -hmm. got to have yourself ready to, to deal with the decisions and the stress and everything else. The Alzheimer's Association has a, a ton, a ton of great resources. And it's really important for folks who are dealing with it and, and, and a dementia diagnosis to understand that if the doctor says you have dementia, but you don't have, he doesn't say that you have Alzheimer's, the, the Alzheimer's Association is still a tremendous go-to resource because as my mom's neurologist explained to me when I, I, I asked him at one of the appointments, I said, you said mom has dementia, but you didn't say she has Alzheimer's. And he said, well, he said, we, we kind of use those words. I don't want to say interchangeably. Right. What he said is they, the, whether it's caused by Alzheimer's or caused by something else, they all have the same outcome. They all have the same symptom, right? Mm -hmm. And so it, whether you have, a doctor has told you you have dementia, whether a doctor's told you you have vascular dementia, whether he's told you you have Alzheimer's, all of those resources that the Alzheimer's Association provides are available to you and can be useful to you. And one of the more useful things this was one we found out after we didn't need it, by the way, Right. Um, that the St. Louis Alzheimer's Association provides is if, if you want to go to them after you've had a diagnosis, they'll do a free one hour meeting with a trained social worker and talk about resources. Well, the, those social workers know all about inside and out about the resources that the Alzheimer's Association has, but they also know about all kinds of resources that exist out there outside of the Alzheimer's Association. Mm. So, I mean, the first thing I think you should go to would definitely be their website. And actually they have, I bet I don't have it handy. They have a 24 hour support number as well that I have in my cell phone, but guess what? My cell phone's in the car in the garage. Of course. No, that's, that's totally fine. We can, we can add that in the show notes. 
Oh, okay. So what I'm what I'm going to do, listener, is in the show notes, check the show notes because we'll have a link to the Alzheimer's Association, probably Alzheimer's Association of America. So that way it doesn't matter where you are in the U.S., you're going to be able to find that. If you're listening to this from another country, well... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not I sure what Alzheimer's I don't, does. I don't know what the they US. whether they exist in, in other countries, but I'm sure there are resources out there. But a majority of my of my listeners are here in the US. Uh, so we will have that along with the 24-hour support line, because I'm sure that's a toll-free number available for anyone anywhere. So we'll have that linked in there. So if you're trying to find that information, just just scroll through the show notes here on your phone and you'll find the link to to the the phone number and also their website. So you can click on that directly and get the support that you need as the caregiver to get access to those resources because you want you know you don't have to go through this alone and certainly it's so much easier if you have access to someone like a social worker or someone at the Alzheimer's associations because this is what they do all the time and and I have to say Jenny for anybody who doesn't want to dive into the show notes the Alzheimer's Association has the shortest URL in the world. Nice. It is alz.org. Oh, easy. Alz.org. Yeah. Yep. All right. Love that. That's Yeah, good. that's a huge, a hugely helpful resource. Another name that keeps coming up for me that I just simply haven't had the time to investigate, but but has been very highly recommended to me is a gal named Tipa Snow. And I believe the correct spelling on that is T-E-E-P-A, Snow, like the snow. She has been described to me, and, and the funny thing is, this literally came up like two or three years ago, and then I didn't do anything about it, and then it came up about six months ago, and I didn't do anything about it. <laughs> and then it literally just came up on Wednesday night. So. Gotcha. So I've resolved I need to do something about it. Yeah, because the universe is the universe is telling you something yeah. if it keeps coming up. Yeah, it keeps keeps coming up in front of me. So Tipa Snow has a, a website with a bunch of free offerings, and she also has a YouTube channel as well. And you know, again with Alzheimer's, the, the part that's there's there's really two things two or three things that make Alzheimer's or dementia tough, right? We've already talked about the kind of the long goodbye phenomenon, right? Yeah. So another thing that makes Alzheimer's or dementia very challenging to deal with is the, the, the randomness part that we've kind of touched on. Mm. Um, you know, sanitary habits are a common problem with dementia patients because they don't know why they need to brush their teeth. Yeah. And you may have been able to get this person you're caring for to brush their teeth for, you know, six weeks, six months, but suddenly the strategy you were using before didn't work or doesn't work. It yep. stopped working. And, you know, professionals, whether they're, you know, caregivers in a facility or, nurses or, or, or they have they have training on how to do that and not only that they've had practice and experience in how to do that right yep a, 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 a family caregiver dealing with it for the first time 
that's, that's really, really a challenge to figure out how to pivot and deal with that. Especially here's, here's what really makes it tough. Mm -hmm. Agitation makes dementia worse. Yeah. Okay. So that means when you're pivoting, the last thing you want to do is get into a debate with your loved one who has dementia. You don't want to get in a debate with them about why they need to brush your, their teeth or mm-hmm. why they need to do whatever other thing they're supposed to do. You need to just figure out a non-argumentative way to get them to do it, which could be as simple as saying, hey, come on, Mary, now's when we brush our teeth, right? Nice. And, and you know, the, <laughs> the other crazy thing because of the way it, it, it works is they probably will probably will have forgotten that you asked them in about 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. So if they, if they refuse, then you can just turn around 10 or 15 minutes later and go and, and either try a different, different way of asking, or even say the very same thing. Cause they probably don't remember Yeah. that you asked. But you know, yeah, so Tipa Snow is another one that that has come up a bunch of times, and uh, actually the the website for that address is her name. It's Tipa Snow, T E E P A Snow dot com, and it's got a bunch of her offerings and links to her videos and pretty cool stuff. Yeah. It, absolutely. I, I, I also looked <laughs> well, while you were talking, was looking that up real quick. Cause I was like, Oh, I bet I can put, I bet I can put that in the, in the show notes as well. Cause we, again, the point of this is to give the listener as many resources as they need um, to help support them in, in this, in this cause. Yeah. And you know, the biggest thing I think too, that I would share that I haven't yet is uh-huh. don't feel like you can't talk about the diagnosis with your friends. I, I feel like there's um, a lot of people who don't talk about a, a, a diagnosis of, of dementia because they feel like there's some kind of stigma to it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's unfortunate, right? Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't stigmatize or look down on a family member because they had cancer or, I don't know, name a disease. You wouldn't. Right. Right. And generally the people that know and love you, they're going to want to help you. And in fact, they would be upset if they knew they didn't have a chance to help you. I've seen that happen with my mom and dad. Right. And, um, you know, the more you can kind of get that word out to your close friends and have a, a, a chance for someone to you know, take your loved one out for lunch so you can go for a walk or go to the gym or, or whatever, you know, those, those people will want to help you. Absolutely. They definitely will. I, I, I definitely agree. Cause to me, it seems like the, the theme of this conversation is really the importance of Mm self-care and the importance of not doing this alone. And you can't have a team of support around you if you're not talking about it. Correct. <laughs> if you're not having conversations and mm-hmm. and and you know utilizing these these and developing a group of people around you and that's that's really what you've been doing, Joe, for the last eighteen plus months now with with your with your 
financial planning business is developing a group of referral partners, a referral network that you can send people to so that when they come to you as someone who says, hey, I've got a family member, you're not just the financial guy, but you're the financial guy who has access to tons of additional resources. Yeah. And I've got, I've got that network in pretty good shape in St. Louis and I'm starting to build it up here in Houston. So absolutely. And, you know, the other thing you'll find too, whether it's talking to a professional like myself or getting your own personal friend network kind of activated, right? Unless you have like the smallest friend circle in the world, you're probably going to find that at least one of your friends has already been down that road. Yep. It happened with one of my dad's buddies from church. And when you can talk to somebody who's been through the experience, it, you know, they just get it. It just helps, helps a lot. Yeah. It, it really helps to know that you not just are with people who are also dealing with it, but you truly aren't alone with someone else who's been through a similar, if not the same situation. Exactly. So it's, it's so important to do that. So Joe, as the person's listening to this, if they wanted to reach out to you because they have a question, mm-hmm. I know we've got a link to your email in the show notes. So that's the way you would prefer they, they contact you. But if, if, the person who's listening is more of a phone person. They can also call you and I'm going to give the number out loud. And then we're also going to have a link to it in the show notes. So like I said, Joe prefers email because it's trackable and he can, he can make sure he doesn't lose out on talking to you. But then the phone number, if you would like to give him a call is 281-846-6456. Again, that's 281-846-6456. Five, six. So you can reach out to Joe, ask him questions, and just know that he's someone else who's going through this right now and, and has been dealing with it and, and can understand where you're coming from and really help connect you to some various resources. Probably, if not directly, he's currently in the Houston area, formerly from the St. Louis area, but if not where you are necessarily, probably a national organization or someone like Tipa Snow or the Alzheimer's Association. So Joe, I really want to thank you for being here and giving this information because like I said, I know a portion of my listeners are are probably dealing with us right now and didn't know where to go, didn't know where to turn. And now they've got someone to talk to. Well, and you know, Jenny, I I think this is more fun than I've had talking about Alzheimer's and dementia in a long time. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, it's probably not a super fun topic, but you know, when you can look at the 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 because I, I think I hear my mom say it probably more often than anybody else. You know, when it comes to a difficult situation, you can laugh about it or you can cry. Right. Um, I think when it comes to Alzheimer's, there's a good chance or dementia, you're probably going to to do both, right? Laugh and or cry. But if when you never choose to laugh, well. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's a choice, right? Both. Absolutely. You know, so, but Joe, thank you so much for being here and sharing your resources. I'm really excited for people to be able to, to hear this, but it's really about the, the resources that people just don't even know is available to them. And between you and I, we also have contacts of people who have written books about being a child of a, of a dementia care sufferer or a dementia sufferer. So, you know, we have so many options for people. So thanks again for being here. I so appreciate it, Joe. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right, everybody get ready because there's another badass episode coming right now. 
Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time. Joe Grifford is a wealth manager with Bridgewater Asset Management. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Bridgewater Asset Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL Financial. The opinions voiced on this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision.